How good is a rate cut in a slowing economy? So who doesn't love a rate cut? The RBI just gave us one. In fact, the fourth in a row. Central banks in New Zealand and Thailand were also generous with easing. But how much is enough and does it really pull us out of the mess we are presumably in? I'm Manya and with me is Aditya and together we try to understand this rate cut phenomenon, the trickle down effect if any and the way forward for India. Let me just add a piece of information on that way forward. The RBI's consumer confidence survey released yesterday points to a drop in consumer confidence in July as Indian households remained pessimistic about jobs and the general economic situation. The current situation index dropped to 95.7 last month from 97.3 in May and 104.6 in March. The future expectations index fell by 4 points to 124.8 in July. That's quite a drop. So you think it will change post the RBI move? Well, the main takeaway from all these cuts happening is that most of us are spooked. Growth is not picking, Donald Trump is still nitpicking, and that downturn we all fear, my dear, is alive and kicking. Hmm. Central banks often resort to lower interest rates during such time to stoke demand. Yes, the traditional argument is that lower the interest rate the better for businesses as it brings down the cost of capital making investments more attractive. But why are the banks so reluctant? To answer that, we must understand that deposits from you and I form the chunk of funds that the banks use to lend. Deposit rates have remained high. Only last week the State Bank of India lowered its rates citing improved liquidity. If deposit rates remain high, then the cost of funds for a bank remains high no matter where the RBI pegs its repo rate. Deposit rates have remained high for two reasons. One, competing interest rates in the government's small savings schemes have remained high. Second is the liquidity crunch triggered by the sudden inability of non-banking finance company ILNFS to pay back loans since last September. Growth cannot happen without money. Our domestic savings are down by more than 8% over the past decade. We have to access global capital for faster growth. With more than 13 trillion of debt in negative yield, this is an opportune moment. Instead of FPIs being handed paperwork to do business in India, we should reach out to them and invite them to invest by giving license to invest anywhere in India. Removal of the income tax surcharge on FPIs will be a positive gesture to improve sentiments. You know all of this is eerily familiar to 2008. The recession began in the mortgage industry where consumers not being able to repay loans resulted in stress on the mortgage firms. It slowly made its impact felt to all major banks and financial institutions that had invested in assets backed by these mortgages. So monetary policy began focusing on injecting substantial doses of liquidity into the system. And the official interest rate was reduced until it hit zero with no way of further to plummet. That's right. Fiscal and monetary policy can try their best to revive the economy, but it's difficult with unemployment making itself known at the doorway. And we all know what is happening on that job front. We would need divine intervention and just maybe the government should try and be less prudent about adhering to the fiscal deficit target when there's such minute demand. I don't know much about the second bit, but yes, we can all at least pray. That will be all from us. For more, log on to economictimes.com. Thank you.